the consistent man remind me when they ask me what does it mean for you to be all in yeah and my answer was um, you know for me is to be the same person in every circumstance at the gym at work at church in a in, at the party setting I am not compartmentalized uh, you know I'm a religious man at church but I do something different when I am traveling overseas I for me it's so the consistent man remind me of you know how I see myself to be all in just you know I talk about God at the gym as I talk to uh, you know work or or uh, or uh, you know when I'm parting with friends uh, on a boat you know yeah so, yeah so I like the consistent man so is this it the the name of your of of you of your of, book, my, of podcast? my podcast yeah. Oh, really yeah it's the name of my podcast I, so the reason I chose it is because every every time somebody asks me about how to get healthy or you know change their life in some way um, which I've had these conversations the only thing that I can really point to that is applicable to everyone because there's a lot of things that are not applicable to everyone right yes. yeah, you know yeah. not everybody's going to want to exercise the same way not everybody's going to want to follow the same type of diet not everybody's going to want to live life in a certain way where they get up and do ice baths or whatever but the thing that i always go back to in any change that you make you have to be consistent in your behaviors and in your efforts oh, I see what you're yeah. so the consistent man to me is just a symbol of change for the better you you think consistent the same but actually to me it's change it's continually improving upon yourself oh. through consistent efforts through consistent um, behaviors mm. intentional behaviors kind of a, uh, yeah it's more uh, consistent and people see it as a stationary but yours uh, evolutionary yeah I like it yeah Very consistently you you cannot you cannot evolve you cannot get better unless you are consistent it's just impossible consistent in consistent in growing yeah well whatever that behavior in, is you know you just in. identify it and consistent you can't get closer to god if you want to bring up god yeah. you can't get closer to god without consistently seeking him yeah whether that's in your prayer whether that's in your scripture study whether serving, that's in your serving, serving others, other yeah. people around you yeah, yeah, yeah. like you have to be consistent in those efforts but, in order to but some people but i like where you go by the way we cross the parenthesis so we can yeah but i mean consistency some people said you know i think i am um stationary but that's not the same consistency that you no. are con no I, I actually i don't think like you can do consistent things that are not good for you like you can consistently yeah yeah, yeah get yeah, drunk yeah. every day you might keep yourself pretty yeah, stagnant yeah, i can see that i can see that and so it, it only really works if you're intentional about the behaviors yeah yeah but but then I it's like, necessary. I like, I like, yeah, you like, know, I like your 
Uh, yeah, very interesting. I like the approach. Very, it's, it's, it's different, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Me. I had a, a friend of mine do the sign for me. A, a design now makes more sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's climbing the mountain. Yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. It's just consistent in just moving yeah. or achieving or fulfilling. Yeah. Eventually, eventually I'm going to uh, do a video on this at some point. I'll do a video on the podcast. Oh, okay. Right yeah. now it's just audio. Audio. <clears throat> yeah, so nobody knows what this looks like except for people who are here. Yeah. But at some point they will, and I think that'll be fine. I just, you know, here's I the thing. I think you should write a... Because when you explain it, it really gain a different meaning, more... Uh, I just want that pointed at you. Sorry. Uh, gain a different meaning and, and more uh, meaningful uh, inside. Because, you know, I mean, uh, it, it was a ha-ha moment, you know? I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, consistent in my oh, it's a good point. You know, is a man that is true to his belief, that is consistently truthful. But this is not just about only be consistently truthful, it's consistently climbing, elevating, becoming, uh, conquering, and achieving. Yeah. So it's just like a, I love also what you said, you know, even um, getting to know the, the, the Savior. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, oh, I'm consistently love the Savior. Like, I, I bring an example. It, it comes to mind right now. I probably told you, maybe not. But I consistently believed in God through my life, since I was a younger child. It was something innate. But my consistency has brought me to different uh, relationship with Him and, and tops. It's been exactly like, like this. So, you know, I initially, you know, I believe in God, I was afraid of him. So, you know, I obey him because I don't want to be punished. You know, then I, you know, met the missionary, got familiar with the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, joined the church, and now here I am where I felt, you know, I, I keep the commandment because I want to prosper in the land. You know, that's what the Book of Mormon says. And I believe it. I see it. I'm enjoying it. And then gradually I felt, you know, but now that's some sh not shallow. It's not complete. My new top is I, I, I keep the one because I love him. I really do love God. I, I want to show that I love him. And now I am over there. I feel like, you know, I keep the one because this is who I am. This is where you become. Yeah. You, you need know? to have something bigger than yourself. Yeah. You, you, you have to, because if you don't, what does that look like? It, it means that you are the end all be all. And that's a scary thing because if you, if there's nothing bigger than you and your own personal happiness and your own personal pleasure, then I think the world becomes a very, very selfish place. Yes. 
and the world becomes a very mean and dark place. Yeah, it looks dark. Dark you know, and when people can think of an an ideal, right? And I think that's how people think of God as an ideal perfection. Yeah. You know, yeah. to you and to me, God is a real, real. individual. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is that is a real individual that we can speak with. Yeah. To other people, um, it may not be, but they still worship a God and they still worship their God. And I think regardless of whether they're in the church or out of the church, I think it's very important that they see that God as some something that is bigger than them and bigger than anything that they could ever hope to be. Yeah, I can see that. Which is, which is good. Good. So, so tell me what uh, we need to do here. We don't need to do anything in oh. particular. Okay, okay. No, this is just you and me. This oh, is just okay, you and me chatting. Okay, okay good. That's good. all it is. So I, I just want to have a recorded conversation with you. Okay, sounds good. That's it. That's it. I've known you, when did we meet? It was probably 2010, 11, something like that. It yeah, was, yeah, it was probably 2000. Yeah, so after the first two after 2010 so you were uh, you were single you you, know, you were single you leave condo row condo row yeah yeah so yeah I, I, I want to say maybe even up to 2012 yeah, probably yeah. 11 to 12 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, who was the bishop at that point Cusick Cusick yep Yeah. Very sad. I haven't seen him since then, but I know he lost his wife. Yeah. Which is very um, unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. Also, the way he lost it was very unfortunate. But he got remarried. Mm. Uh, and I'm very proud of him. Uh, to a next-door neighbor girl. Really? And it was, she was a widow. Her, her husband died of ALS. So he practically, you know, had all his children married. So he was alone. And now he's a father of six, age, uh, I mean, when he got married, but they, they were age 17 to seven. Mm. Six kids, 17 wow. to seven. So amazing. I really respect him. New family. Yeah, a new, new completely new, new chapter. But what a great mission, helping these this kids to have a role model. Father, uh, it helped this lady to raise six kids. I told Loren that if I ever died, like if I died un- just suddenly, that she has to get remarried yeah. because I want my daughter to have a father. Yeah, you know, somebody that she can that's, she can go that's to. It's very, very noble of you, very selfless because it's true. A father and mother. Are It's like a foundational. You know, I don't know how, how single parents do. I really don't know. Did you grow up with both father and mother? I, I until 18. Then my father passed away when I was 18. When you were 18. Which um, was good or bad. It's fairly young. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was the, the, the bad part was I was the oldest. Yeah. And, um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, even though dad was a very wise man, As far as uh, he, he kept, he left the house in order. So we were out, we didn't have any debt. We, but mom never worked. Mm. 
my mom never worked. And, and my father was everything to her. I mean, she really... Yeah, but, you know, we had a very small pension and we, we were very wise. But we, like, we didn't have any debt. And then, but then I was very fortunate that seven, eight months later, I joined the church that provided... Oh, that was very close uh, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. At yeah. that Which, point. Uh, I really, that's another testament to me that God is present. God knows. God, God is a maestro and know how to conduct the symphony. So, you know, the, the, the good part was that I, I learned to, to be, to make decisions, to, to, I don't know, to rely more uh, on a higher power and so on and so forth. So, so, so what happened, um, after that, is that when you did you come over to the U.S. to so, study? So, so the, the 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 journey started like this. I was uh, eighteen when my father passed away, in November of of yeah two thousand no ninety one. Met the missionary in um, April ninety uh, two. Joined the church June of eighty two. And. Uh, I was the first member, of course, in my family, first member in my town. So church was, uh, um, depends if I took the train or if I took uh, the car. One hour by car, one hour enough by train. Um, because I had to yeah. go to the station and then from the station. Go. And so, so, yeah, I used to go to church uh, every there was a time I used to go every day because I used to do missionary work so the first maybe year and a half I did a lot of member missionary and that was great because it strengthened my testimony increased my knowledge about the gospel and made me feel connected with uh, with God and and I saw the fruits you know it was not easy my mother at one point, told me, well, you have two options. We have either you choose this family, but in no church, or use this church and no family. And then, you know, as a result of that, you know, for a week, I didn't talk about the church, and Sunday arrived, and I told my mother, uh, so I was six o'clock, you need to get up, you know, to get ready, shower, and get dressed, and take the train so you know in order to be there at nine o'clock yeah. I had to do a few things my mother said okay well I guess you made a decision she said mom I love you you're the most important person in my life and she was you know I mean I was kind of a you know a surrogate husband because you know I was the oldest son and the oldest, oldest child and um, but I said but I love this gospel it means so much to me yeah, I don't see why my family and my mother and the gospel cannot be married because they're both important part of who I am and who I want to be. But I understand this is giving you a lot of uh, uh, pain and sorrow. The, 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 the choice is yours. So I leave the house to go to church and with a big question mark, not knowing you know, what would happen afterwards. And we come home around one o'clock, and the door was uh, unlocked. So I came in, and she was very angry. I said, "Hey, listen, ma'am, 
It's so simple. You shall see a fruit, a tree by its fruits. If the fruits are good, the tree is good. So you know the decision I made is good. If the fruits are going to be bad, I will be the first one to say, you know, you're absolutely right. You, I, I made the wrong choice. Yeah, I will make amendment. It took many, many years, almost 20 years. But one day my mother came to me and said, do you remember when you told me about the tree? Yes, it has been a good tree. So, I, I, in fact, I live my life according to a very simple principle. You shall see a choice by the fruits. You know, I, I realize that sometimes a tree maybe doesn't give you as many good fruits like the previous year. Maybe because it was a bad year or, or there was the weather was no ideal. But I don't cut the tree just because one year. Yeah. Give me bad fruits or not good fruits. I remember, number one, all the good years that this tree has made me happy and has provided me with joy. And also, so I work harder to maybe nourish this tree. So the next year, the fruits will be again good. And I'm telling you, Sean, when you knock the Lord, will answer. If we just allow us to to, to, to to share the testimony, that's the power of a testimony. Mm. A testimony is something that is simple, it's real, but can move mountains. You know, I think the spirit works um, in a lot of different ways in and out of a religious capacity. So as you're saying, you share your testimony with someone, they're going to feel the spirit through you and what you believe. I think that that's 100% real. I also think that even just being a positive person and just being like a net, like just upbeat, people talk about high frequency, you know, things like that. I think the spirit works through our attitudes as yeah. well yeah. to be able to you smile at someone and they they smile back Perfect. you know Perfect. i think the spirit works in those small little ways just as much as they do the big way it, it does the big ways i think the opposite is also true i think it's just as important for us to bear our testimonies as it is for us to be just positive I just agree. just optimistic I agree. Optimistic people. There's plenty of research out there. Optimistic people. It's no no brainer. You know, it's a game changer. You have a you have a leg up in life. Absolutely. One of one of the factors I told you, you know, I'm the process of attempting to write a book. One of the chapters of this book is about positivity, optimism, because I always believe that takes the same amount of energy to look at a glass half full, half empty. But the outcome is diametrically opposite. Yeah. You know? uh, when I was uh, younger in the church, I read this article in the, in the New Era. It, it became a part of my DNA. I mean, I, I, 
Is a story. By the way, is this a recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. oh yeah. we are recording already. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was just... A, like, no, we've been recording the whole time. You must be kidding me. Okay, no, anyway. this is great. Make sure this is close just so I can make sure I hear you. But I can I can turn it up if I can't. But No, no. Wow, okay. That was a great story. I'm glad that we recorded it. So... <laughs> That's funny. No, one of my favorite stories, um, and I read, like I said, like I say, in, a, in a new era, I must have been 20 years old, uh, of this, this, that I changed slightly, but I used to tell the story like, you know, this, there is this man, let's call him Sean. Sean was a powerful guy, you know, he was married, he had beautiful kids, he had the biggest house in the neighborhood. He was a, a leader in his uh, town. He had a great job. He was you own a nice company, but he was sad. He was very um, disenchanted with the, with the life. And one day he went to see his bishop as a bishop. I'm done. I'm really done. I'm tired, tired. Life is not worth it. I mean, just uh, so... I don't find enjoyment anymore. So the bishop said, Sean, just a minute. Don't be dramatic. Let, let me do this. Give me two weeks. And let's do this exercise. Do you have a, a backyard? Oh, bishop, do I have a backyard? It's huge, right? Well, during this week, everything bad happening to your life just put a rock into your backyard. I said, Bishop, are you, are, you, are you serious? Yeah, trust me. So I said, okay, whatever. Okay, I will. Okay. So he goes home, he goes home, and uh, home at the home was just a total mess, total mess. He could not find his wife. His wife was, you know, just uh, in bed, just uh, everything was dark, and he said, you know, it was seven o'clock at night, I say, you know, I work so hard and the house is total wreck, nothing is ready, they, I don't know where they are the kids, so he was so furious, he just grabbed a rock and put it in his backyard to say, ah. then in the meantime, here the, the kids coming home, slamming the door, screaming and yelling and just say, man, people say home should be a piece of heaven, this is the opposite. You know, I, this is crazy. So he grabs another two big rocks and put it in, in the garden. In the meantime, you know, just, uh, he's just ready to, to go to bed and hear screeching, screeching wheels and this kid just hit the trash can and just trash all over his driveway. And this guy, it just drives away. And he just say, are you serious? He was livid. He went to just put more rocks in his backyard. The day after he goes to work and uh, the team came to me and said, Sean, I am so sorry we will not be able to finish this project by tomorrow. I, we really have been so busy. I said, guys, this is important. We had a deadline. Say, said, yeah, but if we need to do it right, we really need more time. It's worth it. But you told me 
it was going to be ready by tomorrow. Hey, Sean, I'm sorry. You were, oh, he was just ready to fire everybody. I just said, okay, okay, just come down. But he went home, grabbed a big rock and put in, the guy, in, in his backyard. A week passed by. Bishop said, hey, Sean, how are you, my brother? <laughs> Let me show you, man. Let me show you what I mean. This is, life really is horrible. I'm just so sick and tired of just fighting, fighting, fighting. He opened the, he opened the backyard door. And it was a rockery, I mean, epitome of rocks. Rocks everywhere. And you see what I mean? This is my life. How can I live a life like this? So, wow, you really had a tough week, Sean. And um, so, okay, well, let me do this. I have one more rip. Now get rid of all these rocks, okay? And now just put one flower for every good things that happened this week. Oh, come on, Bishop. I don't have time to waste. Hey, Sean, just give me one more week. So Sean said, okay, well, let me do this. I will do that. So Sean um, went home and uh, his wife said, prepare this big plate of lasagna for him. Say, say, honey, thank you for being understanding last week. I really had a tough, tough week. I just felt, I don't know, so down. But you were so kind. You were so understanding. You didn't tell me anything. I just felt appreciated and understood. I want you to know, thank you for being a good provider, a good husband. And you know, I said, oh, she's a good lady. Well, I guess I can put a flower today. So he went to put the flower. In the meantime, the children came home, slammed the door again, and screaming and yelling. And the little girl turned around and said, Dad, Dad, I love you, Dad. You're the best dad. Give a big hug, kiss, and just run again. Just, oh, that little girl, she's a pistol. She is so crazy, but she makes me so happy. So oh, well, I guess I can put a flower. Then later on, the, the, the bell rang. And here there was this young boy with his father and a plate of cookies. Say, uh, Sean, I am so sorry. Last two weeks, my son is learning how to drive and he doesn't know how to drive. He crashed your garbage can. And I'm sorry, you know, but we appreciate you being such a good neighbors. And here he, he made these cookies for you. and. I wanted to apologize for it. So, uh, you know, we all been young people, I guess. So he understood. So, uh, what a good kid. Well, if you need to, me to teach you how to drive sometime, I, I, I have a nice truck we can go. So he felt good about it. And he, and he said, oh, you know, it's good. So he put a, 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 another flower in his garden. Goes to work next day and say, hey, Sean, uh, here, we did the project. Uh, thank you for giving us, you know, a couple of more days. Because look what we found out. Uh, he just saw this incredible project with so many, um, you know, all the tear cross, all the eye well dotted. Everything was just uh, immaculate. And that was a successful thing. So it was thank you for giving us the opportunity to give more time for this project. It was worth it. I realized that was worth it. So uh, I guess they're a good team, you know. Yeah, 
I feel good about it. So he put it in the flower. Anyway, to make a long story short, Bishop came a week later. I say, Sean, how is life? Ah, it's been a very, very week. And he goes, well, let me show you, let me show you. He opens the, the door of his backyard. It was a plethora of flowers everywhere. I mean, just colorful and fragrant and beautiful. And they say, wow, Sean. Wow, this has been an incredible week. The moral of the story is we are the masters of our destiny. We can choose to put rocks or to plant flowers. But the is the same energy, but the outcome is the magical opposite. Yeah. And in my life, that's what I learned. That every day I try to look for the glass half empty, half full, half empty. <laughs> you really do find, you find what you look for. Yes. You, like, I love your story, and, I, and there's no no need to repeat it, but the principle is that whatever you choose to focus on is what you see. Absolutely. You know? And I think, I think that's very true, whether it's in your job, I think it's very true, whether it's in your uh, relationships and, you know, vice, you know, all these other areas of your life, even your health, somebody could have, you know, lost the use of their legs or something and they could focus on that. They could also focus on like, oh, you know what? I could do wheelchair races. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like yeah. there's, there's still things that. I've met very happy people in circumstances that I don't know that I would be able to handle as well as them. Yes. Yes. But that's a, that's a huge lesson to learn though. That's a really good principle to live by is I've, I've, I've seen you say two. One is, uh, you understand looking at the fruits at something, whether it's good. And the second is that you're always looking for the good. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one grain at a time. It's not like a, uh, like switching a light that from darkness becomes bright. But it's adding one speck of gold at a time. By the end of your month, by the end of your year, you get this little bag filled of gold, gold specks. Mm, yeah. I say, wow, I'm a richer man. I feel like everybody should know you, Tommaso. I feel like oh. everybody should have the opportunity to know you oh, because wow. you're you're a light. You really are. You're a light in this world. I think oh, you're a light God. to the people around you. Oh, thank you. I don't know. I don't know how um, to explain it to people, but there are certain people when you meet them, you know that they automatically love you. I think I think you're one of those people. When I served my mission, my mission president was one of those people, you know, and I think that there, I have certain friends who are those people, people in my life where I'm like, whenever I meet them again, you know, or whenever I see them, it's just, it's pure, it's pure love. And I think that's a, I think that's a very admirable, I don't know if it's a trait. I don't know if it's a character. I don't know if it's something that you can acquire. I don't know if you were always that way. Well, that's a good question. I personally think, I, I remember when I was in graduate school, I did a research, and we talk about leadership. I mm-hmm. love leadership. It's, it, it, one, the title of my research was 
is leader is a leader innate or is born? I mean, is born or is built? Built. I think it's both. I really do believe some people have that innate gift, but some people develop the gift. It's like the athletes that has a, this innate ability to just do incredible things, but he or she needs to magnify the ability. Otherwise, either lose it or doesn't increase it. Mm. But I admire those who step by step, little by little, add one speck at a time. And, and, and they, they become uh, this powerful, uh, unstoppable uh, lights or, or achievers. In my case, I mean, I, I, I've been blessed with, I'm a more positive person, but you know, perhaps sometimes I to purposely decide, do I want to put a, ro- a rock or do I want to plant the flowers today in my garden? And once you gain that uh, tendency and uh, develop that desire, it becomes, it's like a muscle, I mean, you're a strong guy. Yeah. It's like a, the first, the first week, is a, you, you, you are, you, it's painful and uncomfortable. I say, you know, why am I doing this? But then you look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, I'm looking good. I'm feeling better. I feel stronger. I have more energy. I, I, there are so many things. And I say, okay, it's, it, it's natural. And then you start to do more. And, and it, 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 that's what is the beautiful part about progression. I mean... I don't know, I just, uh, I am very fortunate that I was able to understand these principles at a young age, you know, age of 19, where, you know, I could have gone wild or I could try to become more saint. And, you know, I fell a few times, but I've learned that falling is part of becoming. It's an important part. That's very, it's very important. You have to be able to learn from your failures. You have to be able to learn when you fall. Absolutely. And how to get back up. Because if you never fall, then you never develop those muscles to get up. Uh, we, we grow by breaking those yeah. muscles. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you're kind to say, I just, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm very fortunate to feel the presence of a God who is real in my life. He has helped me to feel him, to know him, and to see his his presence. Yeah. So anybody who knows you knows that you're an immensely talented fashion designer. You design wedding dresses, you you. design suits, you made my suit for yeah. my wedding which by the way I got so many compliments on my suit every time I wear it oh, you look good um, yeah well you made me look good <laughs> That's just, not difficult um, but you're an immensely talented fashion designer and come from Italy come over here to the US study get married but you had mentioned to me the other day on the phone that you feel like you have something to do and you had alluded to it that you're working on writing a book. I I just want you to talk a little bit about that because I'm curious about 
what the book's about. What is it that you're hoping to put down on paper? And who's that for? Who's that book for? That's a wonderful question, Sean. Uh, you know, um, I love people. I really do. I, I, I feel that I have a couple of gifts. And, uh, and uh, uh, loving people is one of these gifts. It's not difficult for me. And, uh, and lately, when I say lately, in the last 10 years, I've developed a, a great affinity for um, young adults, um, 19 um, to mid-30s. Uh, I realize that um, they are powerhouses. In fact, I do believe that we all, as sons and daughters of God, we are masterpiece. And I believe that God does not make mistakes, that there is perfection in imperfection. And uh, uh, lately I feel this uh, desire to help people to, to tab on that divine, to understand that they really are a masterpiece and that there, is, there are no mistakes. It doesn't matter if you are tall or short or confused or, or hyper or, or single or married or whatever. We, life is uh, a gift. It has to be embraced and lived at any stage, at any stage. So I, my purpose is to, I use this analogy, to function. In fact, I say I'm more than a designer. I'm a mechanic. I work with Formula One cars, these ultimate machines, this Ferrari, this Lamborghini, this, this, you know, incredible machine that what they need is a tune-up and I help them to to feel like uh, you know with my clothes by designing clothes that makes them feel feel powerful and when they feel powerful they feel like they can conquer the world and when they feel that they can conquer the world they feel unstoppable but I sometimes want to help them to just feel like uh, you know you're beautiful and don't be afraid to shine to to illuminate those around you so my the, the mission of this book is in fact is is going to be called dress for success inside out the out is my my, my expertise as a designer to help them to look good to feel good to dress well to to, to find their own style, to, to really become unstoppable by, by, by being them, you know? And then, you know, inside is know their divine identity, develop gratitude every day, uh, or develop, as I was discuss optimism, and learn how to open their arms and love. I mean, open the heart and love, open the arms and serve, and open the mind and meditate. You know, all these little things that step by step, little by little, help them to really enjoy life. Because, you know, I mean, as everybody, 
we have high high and lows. You know, I you know I lost my father when I was eighteen. You know, and uh, it was tough. You know, I my mother didn't know what to do, and I was still in high school. I did one more year in high school, so I, I didn't. I could not go to work and things like that. But you know, this experience made me stronger and. And I, I could have been bitter, but f- for some reason I, I felt you know, I'm grateful that I'm healthy, that I can um, provide, and so I start to work and study, and uh, I used to give eighty percent to my mother, twenty percent kept for myself, and, and and that attitude helped me to get stronger and stronger. But anyway, but the purpose of this book literally is to help people to love who they are, to have self-respect, and to realize that they are a masterpiece of a creator that does not make mistake. I think that's huge. That's a huge um, message that I think people need to hear today because we have all of these messages right now where People literally believe they were born incorrectly somehow, born in the wrong body, you know, uh, one thing or another. They don't like themselves. Yes. For one for one reason or another. Or they use like a body positive. I, I really don't like the term body positivity because I think it's just a, an excuse to not live up to your potential of who you could be. It's just like, oh, I like who I am right now and I don't need to progress. No, I think we all need to progress. I think loving yourself at any level is required for that progression. But I think part of respecting yourself is doing the things that are going to help you live a happier and healthier life. Yes. It's the same thing in your marriage, you know, like you respect your wife, therefore you're going to serve her. Yes. You respect her, therefore you're going to love her. You respect her, therefore you're going to, you know, make dinner for her or whatever. Take her on nice dates. Uh, Same thing with your body, you know, and and yourself. I really love that message. Loving yourself is more than, it's not body positivity. It's respecting yourself enough to know that you are innately good yes and that you are innately um able to do basically anything yes absolutely that is the divine i mean you you really are an ultimate machine as a, a ferrari that is running a, a a grand prix needs to go to a pit stop for change of tire tightening the bolts, we periodically need to do that by, I don't know, going to the gym or, or, or uh, joining a program that helps us to improve ourselves or just, uh, just even meditating, you know, where we uh, sit down and take 10 minutes every day to either pray or, or think uh, alone and, and, and learning who we are. At this calibration, put things under the perfect pers- perspective. And we've, again, we are ready to hit the road and win mm. the race. It's just, I don't say it's simple, 
but it's doable. It's, it's in us. We have the ability because we are really sons and daughters of this creator that is omnipotent. And Do you and think that attitude is an, a decision that we make? A decision. Consciously? It's a decision. I mean, some people in the innate, they're more positive and, and maybe for them it's easier. But I'm telling you, I know it's a decision. The day by day you make. I start my day every day with gratitude. I got, you know, I go into my car to go to the gym at six o'clock. I do this little ritual. Look at the mountain. Mountain Panagos is in front of me. Sometimes it's very clear, sometimes it's night because it's early in the morning, so I see only the silhouette, but I know that it's there. So I look at this mountain and I say, thank you, Heavenly Father, to help me live in this place. Thank you for giving me this body that allows me to go at six o'clock in the gym and start to work out for an hour. Thank you for living in a house that is warm and full of love. It, that attitude of gratitude, step by step, little by little, day by day, is building this this sense of uh, this, this, this armor, you know? Uh, like you were saying before, uh, positivity, it's empowering. But some people, maybe I tend to be more blessed, but I strongly believe that everything can be maneuvered yeah. towards the right direction if we consciously do one step towards the right direction. Have you seen that your attitudes have rubbed off on that of your family, your wife, your kids? Yes, yes, I, yes, yes, absolutely. I, no question, even, uh, even with my wife, when we were, my wife, uh, when we were newlyweds, she was a little bit more uh, uh, matter of fact, more black and white. Mm. And she's still black and white, I mean, but she's much more, you know, positive, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, but, but, but even, even with my friends uh, at the gym, I probably should not give names, but, or, but, but, you know, there is one that is a little bit more uh, cynical, but I, I love because we have beautiful conversation where, you know, either, you know, sometimes some people may think them more like, a Pollyanna type of guy, you know, always looking f- for the good things. But but at the same time, you know, um, um, I think that when you, it, there's a concept of radiation. We either absorb light or radiate light. Or we do both. And we need to learn when we need to absorb and we need to learn when we need to radiate. Mm. So it's important in a way sometimes to be surrounded yourself with people that can help you to feel more light. In fact, even at, at this last conference, I think it was Elder Stevenson said, you know, that we need to stand in holy places, but we also need to stand with holy people. And, and, you know, it's not to discriminate. You say, oh, this is holy. This is, I mean, holy doesn't mean that it's holy. There needs to be a believer in Christ, I and mean, we can be a, a man or a woman that strive to if, do good things. If you want to see a very 
clear example of that. You just look at a toddler, like my baby upstairs. You look at a toddler, and if you're happy, she's happy. If you clap, she claps. So true. If you're mad, if you start to yell, she's going to start to cry. You know? So beautifully, beautiful example. They can, they're like, they're like mirror. Yeah. We are like mirror. So, uh, you know, I read a long time ago, an article say, you are the five people you spend more time with. Yeah. And I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but I think there is some truth. Because if you surround yourself with light, you learn automatically to be more like the moon, reflect the light, you know? That is interesting. That is fun. Do you um, do you tend to try to when you meet people? Because you meet a lot of people, especially in your line of work. Yeah, every uh, day. Every day you're meeting somebody new. Do you try to take something from each of those people? Do you try to learn from them? That's beautifully said. Yes. In fact, you know what I say? I say every day for me is game day. Every day. I. I, sometimes I do a better job than others. Lately, I'm in, in, in a good stage. I write a journal. And in my journal, I, I do three bullet points. And one of the bullet points is what I learned from the people I interact. And sometimes it's just, uh, just uh, like uh, two days ago, there was this guy. Oh, amazing, amazing. He is a dentist and he's uh, taking his wife uh, on a trip uh, to Europe. His wife um, struggling with some chronic disease. He's just uh, wanted to celebrate life. Yeah. So he's taking her to London, to Paris, to the most amazing place, to the most uh, exquisite uh, three, three star Michelin uh, restaurant, just, uh, just to experience life, you know. I, I, I made him a coat. I said, I, I said, I'd never wear coats, even at church. I always don't like coats. I, I run hot, but I want something unique. So I, I did, I made this coat that is more like a shirt coat. So it's more, more comfortable, but beautiful, this beautiful material with little detail. I, I just... Kind of like a shacket? It's kind of like a shacket. In, in, in Italy, we call it shirt jacket. Okay, yeah. Uh, he loved it. In fact, he, he texted me the day after, said, he, he, say, he told me how grateful he was to have created something that made him feel just powerful and comfortable. And But this guy, just the, the gusto that he had for life, the appreciation that he had, even though, you know, his wife, health was not the best. He was making the best of what he had. And it was such an example for me. I said, this is, uh, I have a, 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 a slogan in my company called Carpe Vitam. Seize life. Embrace life at any stage. You know, doesn't matter if you have 20 or if you are 70. Doesn't matter if you are uh, an athlete or, or, you, or you have some uh, physical challenges. 
Life is a gift. And I try to identify the gift every day, every day. And I see. I see it in when I meet with people, when I I read or I listen or even pray, you know. I, I feel it. Do you think that's a way to slow down life a little bit? Mm. I, I say slow down life because let me explain. I think if you get too much into like a routine too much into like day in day out you're doing the same thing and you don't really try to identify specific things that happen that day as unique and good then you could lose track of time and you know a week goes by a month goes by a year goes by and you're like whoa what just happened that was crazy but i almost feel like unique experiences novelty new experiences um slow down life in a yes, sense yes, because yes. because then you have you're, you're spending more time in the moment yes I, I like I like I never thought about slow down life but when you meditate you stop you slow down life and what you do you you kind of uh, uh, is is interesting it's like a, a sifter you keep what is uh, valuable and what is not just goes away. So uh, that's probably what maybe slow down allows you is to to um, kind of discern the, the wheat from the tear, the, 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 the important from the superfluous mm. or the unnecessary. Because, I mean, one thing about, uh, I love America. I mean, literally, I was born and raised in Italy, but I do feel that, uh, you know, I have a dual citizenship, but I'm, I became American not long ago, probably like six years ago, just because I was grateful for what this beautiful country has given me and my family. But one thing about the we as Americans sometimes forget is to slow down. We run, run, run. Even our children, we want them to do A, B, C, D, do this, do well, that, yeah, become it, this. Italy, they have a much slower pace. Oh, it's just, and maybe sometimes it drives me crazy because it's too slow. But again, balance, equilibrium, just finding the right, the time to run and the time to rest, mm-hmm. the time to conquer and the time to just enjoy. You know, I one of my favorite things in life is literally experience life. Um, I mean, perfect example. I, I was telling you, I have a savory palate. So I love salty things, but I don't enjoy sweet things. Sweet things just don't taste well for me. But I married a wife who loves, loves, loves chocolate. And she loves sweets. And so with time, I've learned to see what it's about. So in fact, now I, one of my hobbies is to teach chocolate testing. So I taste fine chocolate, identify the nuances, the novelty of, so something that before, when I take chocolate, I say, oh my gosh, is either it's too bitter or it's too sweet. Mm-hmm. What's the point? You know? Now instead I say, hmm, let me see the personality of this chocolate. Oh, this is masculine, this is feminine, this is bold, this is subtle, this is surprising. I mean, it becomes a journey. So I just feel that sometimes we need to become familiar with the unfamiliar and realizing that the unfamiliar 
has some personality, has some uniqueness. And so uh, I think the slow down is an important aspect of enjoying and experiencing. Yeah, I think so. That's cool that you say, you know, you're bringing up the the point of you don't like one thing, but you've learned to not only appreciate it, but you're teaching other people how to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, chocolate. And I've been to one of your tastings and it's great, you know, like, you know, you, you eat the chocolate, you kind of rub it in your fingers yeah. and you put it on yeah. your tongue. Yeah. And, and then you enjoy it and identify the notes. Like, that yeah, notes. what are the different notes in that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, you and your wife are pretty opposite in a lot of different we, areas, aren't you? We, we are, it's like, a, I see myself like two, two circle. We have a, a common common area, but like a, like a, uh, but then we are opposite in, in many others. I mean, for one one thing that I admire of my wife, she is. She speaks the truth. She always say how it is, and I'm much more diplomatic. I just say you know one thing, that you can you can present the truth either on a silver plate, I mean like a cake on a silver plate. Or you can smash it in the face. You still get it, but, <laughs> but one one is just shocking, and the other one instead is so. Uh, get the cake either way; it's fine. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> uh, I am much more. I, I deliberate how to how to present it, and said, you know, they just give the damn cake to them. <laughs> no. So she, but the perfect example is. I'm more like a ruminant. Yeah. It seems more like a predator. She just see the prey, goes after the jaguar right away. I just need to cross all the T, dot all the I before I just uh, jump it. But you know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, we, we've been married for 32 years. She really is one of the most amazing, most talented. Points one thing about her, she has a heart. Oh, she's so generous. I mean, so generous. She gives, gives, gives unconditionally without really expecting anything in return. What, uh, is that what attracted you to her initially? Uh, good question. Good question. You know, it's a good question because Anne and I, we had completely two different paradigms. I wanted to marry a girl that was... Uh, uh, kind of a fashionista, high heels, tight skirts, always put together, very, you know, kind of, a, you know, prissy girl. And she's instead an athlete, always with uh, tennis, tennis shoes or flip-flops and shorts and t-shirt, no makeup, I mean, just opposite. And, and she wanted to marry this, uh, you know, 200 football player. football player that went to medical <laughs> school. And yes, she married a designer that is, we had the same height. Uh, Italian. Italian, you know, <laughs> flamboyant. And, uh, but you know, but we were best friends. One thing that, uh, I think one thing she liked about me, that I loved people. And I was, um, was just, I don't know, transparent. And one thing I like about her that she also was, because she was very honest, and she was uh, so selfless. So, plus, she was, she was gorgeous. I mean, she was 
when I saw her the first time, I said, my gosh, we could have gorgeous children with this lady. <laughs> I know it's going to look crazy. But, but well, no. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think there's something real about this. If you can find someone who you can say is absolutely stunning and gorgeous, no matter what they're wearing and no matter if they have makeup on or done up hair or whatever, and they're yeah. still gorgeous, that's a winner. Yeah. That's a keeper right there. I, I, I agree with you. You know, I also believe that within ourselves, we have this uh, sense that can, um, can see beyond reality. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, uh, I don't know, the light of Christ, some people call it. Some people call it, the, you know, I don't know. It's a, a sixth sense. Well, that's that's why that's why, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. That's why you probably have gotten more attracted to your wife over the last thirty three years. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Is that is that you know you have the sense of like yes, I I really enjoy this person, but then once you live life with them oh. and you experience with them. It just draws, like you, you understand them more and it draws you closer together. Yeah. And you know, also your, your, your eyes become more, I call it celestials, where you see more like, like God sees them. Uh, this, you know, as you know, I was a bishop um, in a you know, young single adult. And one of the greatest gifts and, uh, and miracle that I experienced was to see people with his eyes. In fact, I, I always felt, there was a time where I really felt like a conduit. I really said, I felt like this uh, conduit. I felt like Heavenly Father was pouring this bucket of lava on me. And I could feel this great sense of love. I could see these people like he, 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 see, he saw them. So I was nothing more, nothing less. They just a conduit. They, they could feel it. They could feel his love just through me. Uh, and that was a great testimony for me, Sean, that I was just an instrument in God's hands and that this church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, was led by Jesus Christ himself because I was just only an instrument, nothing more, nothing less. So. Uh, the same thing I feel with my wife. I just, uh, I'm learning with time to see her even more holy, more beautiful, more, more divine. Mm. Yeah, it's kind that's of beautiful. Kind of fun. That's beautiful. I always, I always tell people when me and Loren got married, whenever they asked me about our relationship or anything, I always tell them it was a slow burn. That's how I describe it, a slow burn. Kind of like a crock pot yeah, or something. Yeah. Where, you know, it's delicious. It's delicious when it's done, but it takes a while. And so it's like when me and her met, it wasn't like sparks flying. It was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, I like this person. Yeah, They're yeah, fun yeah, to be yeah. around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we would spend all the time together, you know, we just enjoyed each other's company. And it just took a while. But that friendship base and like that respect for one another. And it just built this solid relationship yeah, that I we have you right now uh, you you have a beautiful harmonious relationship i mean literally it's like a dance 
she's becoming where you don't step on each other's toes anymore but it's just fluid and elegant and mm. just just beautiful to watch and admire so, thank you no, thank you wow this is great this is no this is fun this is really fun I have a couple of questions for you yeah. um, before we end here and I know we've been going probably like an hour so we can we can wrap it up but I think these are important questions. Um, one, why are you alive? Like, what? Why are you here? That's the first question. The second question is similar, but w- what would you die for? Oh, good questions. As I mentioned to you, and I hope I mentioned this question correctly. I see life as a gift. You know, literally, and. Um, I'm alive because he has given me this gift. I want to be, to bring back this gift in the best way possible. With, with the, there will be some, some broken parts here and there, but, but I want to, I'm a, I want to show sincerely gratitude. That's why I also want to write this book. Because I feel that is, I don't say my responsibility, but I want to help other people to see the life truly is a gift. I really believe that, you know, that loving ourselves is one of the greatest commandments, you know. Yeah. Love God with all your heart, my mind, and strength. Love the neighbor like yourself. So I see life literally as a gift that we need to learn how to appreciate it, enjoy it, and respect it. So I hope I answered that question properly. What I will die for. It's interesting. You know, I'm not afraid of death. Really not. You know, in 2008, I had open heart surgery. And, um, you know, and uh, I remember they were prepping me to go to the surgery, to surgery. And I told my family, you know, I was 45 years old. And I said, you know, I'm certain that I will live, but if not, I lived an incredible life. I, I felt deep love, more love than expected to feel. I'm grateful for you and as my wife, for my two beautiful children, you know, they were still uh, young, 11, 13, and 15, but if by chance I would not to make it, I, I'm not afraid to go on the other side. You know, to be honest with you, I really felt that I was on the other side because I had a very spiritual experience where I saw this other part. Because, you know, but then everything went fine and uh, came back. So now death, I mean, it's interesting that you're asking this because two, three days ago I say, I mean, I will die to save somebody or to if it's necessary not just somebody that I love I mean maybe somebody just anybody anybody just life human life you know I think that the people who really live the fullest lives are the most accepting of death I did you know my friend Canyon I don't think you did. I don't think so. So I named my daughter after him. 
Um, her name's Canyon, after my roommate who I had named Canyon. He died at 25 oh, in wow. a ski accident. Handful of months prior to him dying, uh, we were camping and we were sitting around a campfire on the bank of this river. And he's like, you know, I could, I could die at any moment and I would be happy. I would be fine. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, because I live every single day exactly the way I want to very intentionally. And he did. Like I, I lived with him for a couple of years. He would wake up every single day and he would go and do, had a plan for that day. And he would go and execute his plan the best he could. And he would just really savor the moments and savor life. And just, and, and he would describe himself as nobody being more fulfilled with life than he was. You know, he was just very fulfilled. But that said, he wasn't afraid of death. And I see that same type of thing in you where you. I think when we really live every day to its fullest and we use it intentionally, it creates a fulfillment and a peace in life that if something happened at any point, that's okay. That's yes. okay because you lived a full life. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree you know? with you. And that that had a huge impact on me. He had a huge impact on me. And that's one of the reasons I named my daughter after him is, yeah. is, is because yeah. he really impacted me in so many different ways. But that was probably the biggest one which was use your life intentionally. Use every day intentionally. I love that. Use your life intentionally. You know. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, beautiful. you know, I I bring up writing this book that you're doing. Like, you became a fashion designer, and that was cool. You do chocolate testing tastings, and that was pretty cool. Like, I remember a story when you were asked your wife out, you got her a carriage. What was that? Like a horse drawn carriage or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and had somebody deliver like a, a letter to her. Like, yeah, her, good memory. Yeah, 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 no, but like, there's these big things like you do, you do big things, not because they're easy, but because they're worth doing. Yes. yes. You know, and I see you and everything that you do as very intentional. That's true doesn't matter the effort the effort doesn't matter like i think people look at something and they say oh that's gonna be a lot of work or that's really risky that doesn't matter is it intentional is it something that you want to experience writing a book's not easy no like that's a really cool thing that you're doing that's not an easy thing no sometimes i say why me but <laughs> who, who, who I think I am to, <laughs> who do to, I think to, I am yeah yeah who does anybody think they are like I start this podcast like who do I think who's gonna listen to me it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know mm. because we get good conversations we hear yeah. good stories we do things that are worth doing because they make our life fuller it's true literally life is a beautiful journey yeah even when there are you know mountains to climb or or Uh, or path that are a tiny bit uh, uh, shady and uh, rocky, but, but it, it's 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 a gift. I mean, literally, I see it such a gift, and unwrapping it, it's 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 part of it. And then when you get to do to the bottom, you say, "Wow, it was worth it." 
because either you grew, either you experience, either you learn. But, but I don't know, one of my favorite uh, uh, phrase from Shakespeare is, it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. And there was a, when I was younger, I was always afraid to, to go hurt or to hurt. But then I realized, by, by refraining to love, I'm losing the experience. And so it's better to love and lost than never loved at all. That is, that's wise. That's very wise because you're right. People don't do certain things, including get into relationships because they fear yes. what might be. And that's, that's it's never cheating. not do something because you fear it. Yeah, yeah. Don't let fear drive your actions. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that I lately said, I wish I would have taught my children more boldly to don't be afraid of failure. Yeah. It's okay to fail. Oh, like, it's important. I think everybody needs to fail. Oh, it's, that's how, that's how, <laughs> that's Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan because he periodically failed after failed, but he never gave up. The Beatles, same thing. They try over and over and over for 10,000 hours until the right time came and they were ready for it. And, you know, I don't know how many times, uh, uh, you know, inventors need to fail in order to create uh, yeah. an invention that changes uh, the destiny of the world. So I, I feel like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, Important. I'm excited for your book. Well, you're, you're kind. You're kind. I'm going to read Thank it. Thank you. I'm going to read it. Thanks, Tommaso. I, Appreciate I know it was a drive out here. No. I know it's really yeah, I, not convenient to come out, you know, but I appreciate I, it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. the connection, the visit, and uh, I don't know if this is going to be of any worth, but I, I, I think I well, appreciate it. I enjoy it. If it's of any worth, it's of worth to me. Okay, well, and that's, so, that's, that's <laughs> I think that's... that's that's all that Thank matters. You. Thanks, Thomas. I'm gone.